Beats Within, we're here, we're back, obviously, because the episode's going. Uh, we're here with Nick Knack. Nick Knack, who is a Austin hip-hop staple, a global phenomenon. <laughs> He's a DJ champ. He's a champ. We're here with a champion. We brought you a champion. That's right. He's here. It's royalty in the house. When I started breakdancing, I needed, like, I needed more hip-hop, and I knew that Austin was the place to be. And you definitely were one of those things. I was like, they've got turntables down there. They have like hip hop hump days, you know, they have like Mecca, like they have all these things. And so I packed up my little bags and I came all the way to Austin. I couch surfed before I got here, you know, saving up money. I got into a weird apartment in the parking lot of Fiesta <laughs> on 38 and a half. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like lived in that little apartment and, um, you know, this is like where I wanted to be. And like you were part of that culture. So thank you. Oh, wow. What yeah. Nice yeah, for sure. Thank you for <laughs> such a kind, uh, wow. The night that there was a at old emos emos 2 right the annex where i believe you were performing Holy cow, yeah, romeo, was performing yeah romeo that was the um king of scratch yeah uh, like offshoot of b-boy city mm -hmm. i think if you're talking about uh, that. it was yeah, because yeah, wow. you were doing that night and i think tatsu doing tatsu doing that night yeah and then we i battled, was in the yeah. back with curly with sarah oh, and wow. we were sitting in the bleachers in the yeah, back yeah. no one's so crazy about tots i went to a um so Lottie da mm -hmm used to hold these scratch um uh texas scratch league and yeah, yeah. one day we were we were like a bunch of us nerds dopez from san antonio shout out dopez um and and tots was there and gary clark jr just shows wow. up to a scratch session i mean i'm talking like we're like nerding out yeah totally i'm like dude what's up man what are you doing here and he was such a big fan of tots as a dj yeah he would come out on Saturday. I don't know if you ever remember seeing him at Plush. No. Like fucking Gary Clark Jr., dude. When did you get to Austin? Ah, oh, man, I went to UT. So okay. I moved here. Um, Where'd you get your degree in, if you don't mind me just kind Yeah, of sure. In radio, television, and film. Dope, dope, yeah. dope, dope. So um, I actually struggled with that. It's a pretty funny story. Um, so I came here in 95. Okay. And actually, this cool. neighborhood where we live now, I lived in the apartments over here in this apartment complex called Canyon Oaks. Um, and my first, uh, so I, I had to do a lot of math and a lot of science Hate um, <laughs> and computer programming. And so um, my first class, I just was doing horrible. The Pascal was the computer, was the programming right. language. And, and like the, I remember I was gonna get a, 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 like a, I think a C and my parents had this agreement with me. Like if you do, I can't remember what the GPA was. If you do above a, a three, five or something like that, then we will let you move off campus and go into the apartments I eventually will. So you know the end of the story because I ended up moving over there. The funny part is I actually, I was like, man, I'm going to get a C. So I need to get, uh, or rather I was going to get a B. So I need to get an A. This, there was this extra credit program where I had to like animate a bird flying across a thing. And I thought, man, there's no way. There's no yeah. way. I'm not going to be able to do this. At that time, they had the dot matrix printers where you pull the little shit off the side. Jesus. And I went to the computer lab, and, and there was this dude that was, I mean, back then, we didn't have computers in our dorms. And, right. and I think it just started maybe a couple years after that. But we used to go to the computer lab, and there was a TA that was in the middle of the room. And you'd go sign in, and get and you'd get credentials to log in. And I was working on this thing and I'm like, man, there's no freaking way I'm going to be able to animate a bird flying across a static background. Like, no way. So I, uh, I hear this guy next to me and it's like midnight and he's typing away. And uh, I hear that he's like, 
yes, that's it. And he gets up and I hear the printer going and I hear the TA like rip it off and they have a little thing to set it in, mm -hmm. the printed code. And I'm like, fuck this shit, man. And I went over there and grabbed the shit and I took it back and like photocopied his whole entire program. And then I brought it back. Oh, wow. And, good, and good no, so fast forward to like, with these kind of classes, we had a um, once a week, I think it was like, you know, you'd have the smaller classes and yeah. then the once a week with like the, the, the dean of computer science, right? With like 300 kids. Like a couple of weeks go by and she gets up and she's like, so it's, so the bonus exam has, the results have come in. And it turns out that, you know, like 25% of y'all have cheated and almost have the identical code. And I'm like, and, and it emanated from me. And so they're like, we're going to have reach out to each of y'all. So I got called into the, you know, the oh dean of the College of Engineering. And she goes, all right, so um, do you want to get kicked out of UT or do you want to take a drop in a letter grade? And I'm like, what the fuck do you think? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, and so, yeah, it was, a, I had to take summer school mm. to get A's to be able to, anyways. It, it reminds me too, like of a couple things, right? Because it, fuck 95 computers like <laughs> I like I remember taking like a, a typing class or whatever in high school and like it was we're learning 10 key which you don't even have on the keyboard anymore and I remember yeah. like thinking I was like this like I was like I know the next year I graduated in 88 like I was like the next year they're gonna have the higher advanced level of computers this is obsolete right you know again like I was always I, I thought I was a fucking idiot until like two years ago but now I'm like bitch you were on it but like, I was like, you know, you're like, fuck, I'm going to learn this shit. But you're also like, this isn't like, you know right. what I mean? Like, why am I learning this? It's going to like, it's, education's always changing. Right. It's going to be obsolete. Why am I spending money so you can like, even that's just my rebellious way of to say that I'm not going to go to college. <laughs> but also 95, right? Like, I remember skipping school and coming up here in 95 and being like, I'm moving here. Like, you I'm, know what? You know what? Here's what did it for me when, um, so my, we were going to a bunch, a couple different schools, my parents and I, we, so UT was one that, um. I'm not sure if I got accepted to or applied to and we were doing the, um, like the tour thing. Yeah, yeah. And they took us through and uh, we went through, I think it was a female dorm. They were, they, so Jester, so 21st mm -hmm. and Speedway. Yeah. And, and there's Gregory Gymnasium and then right behind Gregory is Ken Solving. I don't remember the exact dorm. But yeah. We're walking through and the guy's like, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. And here's KVRX, the student radio station. And I was like, and when I'm in a group of people, I'm like, rewind, yeah. let's go in here. And they had the mail bins, you know, like those like um, hard plastic things that you seal at the, yeah. at the post office. Yo, there was a stack of records. And I go, and it had a sign that said, free, take whatever. No. And I'm like, on this tour, and the people walking off, and I'm digging through, and I see Biggie, 10 Crack Commandments. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. I'm like, yo, oh there's God. no hip-hop DJs here. What the fuck? And there was a hip-hop show. Um, shout out to Les and Carrie, the House of Fat Beats. It was on Thursdays cool. from, uh, gosh, what was it 11 to 1, maybe? Um, that was the very beginning of, that was like how you describe plush. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, it, this was like 95, 96. Yeah. And it was like the most incredible. I met T-Double, Bavu. Wow. Um, like a lot of um, sort of core people to the yeah. scene. I'm Romeo, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. that's where we met. Um, Lottie Da, I could go on and on, yeah. X-Man, but, um, but they weren't DJing. They were just playing records. And so I thought, well, I'm about to, I mean, shit, yeah. man, I'm about to DJ. So yeah, like maybe a year or so later, um, that's kind of how that happened. I was just persistent, you know what I mean? Like. And, so that uh, brings me a question, two things. Yeah. One is that 
you know, Jester Dorms, B-Boys still practice. They practice there. That's where they practice every Wednesday, if not make a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And it's that floor is so hard. So, like, when you go into the upstairs, there's, like, two little space. There's two spaces that are yeah, big yeah, enough. Yeah, there's yeah, one yeah. that's they're always there by the cafeteria. Yes. And, yeah, like, yeah. there you... What day is this? We probably there might be there's probably some there right now. Like yeah, after wow. we used to practice in the dance room. Dude, that was I, down. I used to DJ and when they later, much later, made um Jesus, I totally what's the the art museum that's there right Blanton? across? When they came out with Blanton, the B boys would be The Blanton Summer series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I I went and danced at some of those. I remember seeing Romeo and them like mm -hmm. At coming from Jester to yep. come check me out, yeah. and I'm like, where are y'all coming from? Well, no, from? So, like, we do Jester know. now, but before that, it was in a little dance room. We actually were able to get oh, a shit. dance room with nice wood floors, and then like oh. you had to had a person that was going to UT to sponsor us. We did a thing like that with uh, there was a cat, Manila Ice, um, <laughs> Filipino, <laughs> Filipino cat. Yo, yo, shout out Manila Ice. <laughs> he went to UT with me, and he was a super scratch nerd, and he's like, yo, I'm gonna get. He did the same shit. He would rent out the math building. Sick. And like later, and yeah. it'd be like, we're doing tutoring, and we would all show up at turntables and just be like yeah. cutting it up, like super nerd style. I remember one time we found a, um, a TI-85 calculator, and we were okay. like, yo, on the come up. Those things are like yeah. little computers. Totally you know, remember that. I mean, maybe a little bit before your time, but like no, no, was in high school. Things. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Know you had to get like that was the thing. You're like, well, if yeah. you're gonna be in, you have to get this expensive ass calculator. Yeah, yeah. Again, well, I remember we found one in one of those scratch sessions, and I, I, I think I have it's it. Cold. So I was like, wow. Yeah, I'll take this. I wonder how much that's worth now. Let's look it up after this. Oh, so you're getting records, like when you're about to. When did you start yeah. collecting records? I, I remember going to the bus stop, and there was this kid. Um. Josh, Josh Kirk, 0.5, because he was kind of short, we call him oh 0.5. God, Shout out 0.5, an amazing artist. Um, and I went to go to the bus stop, and he was always jamming out, just like, and he was from Pittsburgh. Oh, shit. So Rolling. he, um, I was like, man, what are you listening to, you know? And he was like, man, I'm jamming out to Public Enemy, or I'm jamming out to, third. he put me on to third base, and, oh, and the Cactus album, and I was like, yeah. yo, this shit is bananas, man. What is this? And this was like 88, 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I had heard like, you know, um, Easy e and stuff like that mm -hmm. a, little, a couple years earlier, right? Mm -hmm. And NWA and obviously like Two Live Crew right. was like, you know, all yeah. over the place. But um, he was the one that got me really, really into like listening. So we, um, he would, we would like exchange and we would nerd out and um, I heard like turntablism for the first time that was like insane. And I'm like, what is that? And yeah. so that got me into DJing because I wanted to mimic that sound. And at the time, you know, there wasn't, um, there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't right. really anything. So there was Rap City and Yo! MTV Raps. And Juice. And which has <laughs> the movie Juice where Q ends up scratching well, in. And, and it's super fake, right? Yeah, you watch that now. It's that like, was that the first thing I was like, wait, hang on. You can spin around and do tricks? Like, I, I mean, was, dude, yeah. I remember watching Black Sheep and, um, and uh, 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 Mr. Long, the DJ, he had like a like a fucking um, laser disc on, in one of the videos, and I remember being like, "Is that what they scratch with?" Like I didn't even know, you know what I mean? And Could you scratch with a laser no, disc? That no, that was just fake that, shit. That was just like some fucking video shit. But like, that's funny. I don't even remember what song that was, but like EPMD Gold Digger, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like where DJ Scratch was getting down, like, yeah. like those kind of. I lived for that shit, and so I used to like pop in a VHS tape. Get home from school, of course. right? Right. And then like put on Rap City, mm -hmm. and then I'd like Prince De Jour or like um, Big Less. Uh, God, who else was the host? Um, anyways, we'd, I'd record the shit, and I used to. I still have the tapes. I would hand write out like C E B, get the point, or you know, uh, uh, Fushnikins, blah blah blah, Lash oh Move, God, or like all this wow. shit. You know what I mean? Fuck, and, and, yeah. and I'd have all the shit, 
And I'd go back and rewind it and be like, man, how is he DJing and coming across, um, you know, the DMC tapes? That was like a whole other thing. But... The DMC tapes. Yeah, wow. yeah. So it was yeah. like, it was like yeah. a combination of rap yeah. videos and like, you know what I mean? Hearing scratching and then like DMC videos. And, yeah. Uh, they got me into DJing. Right. You know. What were you listening to before the Pittsburgh Point Five showed you that? You said you mentioned, you know, like the West Coast. You know, like you know, we're looking at. Um... That's a good one. Um, man, I went through a phase of being into like. I remember I had Metallica, Kill 'Em All. It was totally. like yeah. whatever my friend's older brother was into. Always. Like that's always how it's always. like. What yeah. are you listening to? I'm listening to Megadeth. Yeah. Like, What's that, like, man? Holy shit! Same. You know? Me too. Then. Like some new wave stuff for Definitely, sure. Definitely, for sure. Um, yeah. Again, like when I was in, I guess I was in elementary school maybe when that, so whatever the older brother might be in like middle school. Mm -hmm. So, and that would have been like mid eighties maybe. Yeah. So like whatever, you know, was kind of underground and pop at that time. Some of it was rap, but I mean, yeah. it was like two live crew. Totally. Hey man, come and listen to this dirty song. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like come and look at the Playboys and, you know, be that kind of shit. Yeah, Mom totally. Dad or go smoke some weed and fucking look at Playboys. Yeah. And listen to two live crew, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, I remember um, like my cousin putting a headset. I was like, what are you listening to? And like I had two cousins that were like helping us move from California to Texas. And one was listening to Metallica. Mm. And then the other one was listening to the fucking Ghetto Boys. And oh, he shit. put the yeah, yeah. fucking headset on me. And I like, the, yeah, yeah. and I still think about like the, the lyrics that I heard that moment that flipped my little brain. I was like, what is this which do you know what um, was I don't remember which album it was but I remember like he was talking about having sex with this chick grabs a chainsaw and, sh and hacks her titties off and that was like the fucking thing that I recalled and I was like what the fuck is this right now it's like it was horrorcore right like in the like in the mid 90s which yeah. was like you know synonymous with like golden era then you yeah, really yeah. move on like to grave like, from diggers there. and like yeah i bought a grave diggers coach jacket that i'm dying to what? wear out uh-huh my friend had what? i saw it on the, my friend had um he posted a photo of him and he had a long sleeve grave diggers shirt and i was like i'm gonna get the same one where is it like he's in yeah. he's in chicago wow. and he like sent me the link and i was like and so i was like i wanted to get the same long sleeve, but i got shit. the coach's 1-800 suicide jacket oh my god yeah it's so suicide sick suicide is a suicide so you're getting into dj did you have a setup like when you were you know what's funny you'll get a kick out of this the first gig i ever had was at a quinceanera of course of course <laughs> and I mostly played the music on a cd player and then scratched on a turntable like sick. it was the weirdest wow. shit ever by the way, side note, shout out to my dad. He took me to um, a lowrider, like lowrider magazine. And I think we were the only two white people. We were the only two white people. This was in like 91. <laughs> and my so dad's dope. like, you know, he's like the good dad. Because I was like, he's like, what do you want for your first car? I'm like, I want a 63 Impala, maybe a 64. And he's like, and I had all these models. And he's like, all right, let's, uh, let's go to the Dallas Convention Center and check out the lowrider show. Yeah. And, you know, they had mini trucks with the beds dancing and stuff. Love and like, it. Yeah. A lighter shade of brown was playing. Fucking and like, sick. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. like that whole thing. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this story, but... Um, well, you was your DJ. You were a quinceanera. You were doing yes, first. Yes, yeah. quinceanera. So I, um, because of that, like, lowrider culture, I was into that, actually, like, a little bit before I met Point Five. And um, just into the car culture. Yeah. Like, into... Um, and I guess maybe it was about the same time, actually, to be honest with you, because uh, first of all, I have a horrible memory, but I think it, I think it was actually around the same time I, I was, I got into, um, cause I had some friends, again, the older brother thing and they mm -hmm. had cars and we, totally. we would get like, you know, DJ magic Mike, and I'd hear the scratching and then the bass and it was like, holy shit. Um, the bass. 
the nice 808 fucking Miami base like influence oh, and we're God, living like man. through the I-10 also so we're getting all of that right yeah, like, yeah, yeah I don't know how far that went up I don't know if East Coast was super into that but I know that man. like we were and like the, the here in the 808 cowbell and like all that like I was like the, when I finally recognized how much of a music fan I was and like going back listening to like Timmy T oh, and like dude. that's all acid right like that's all acid man. breaks too so I'm like oh I've always liked this shit dude like the the whole like Miami sound um was like super influential I think especially on Texas man yeah um, I mean you think also the Bay Area right um like yeah, too short yeah and yeah a lot of that was like car culture stuff too totally. I think it was like the collision of all those things but at any rate one of my first gig or my first gig was actually at um in middle school, this chick was like, she found, I was doing like mixtapes and shit and, in school. And she's like, hey, do you want to DJ my kitchen yet? And I'm like, so what fashion. does it mean? And, and I don't know what that means. Yeah. And she's like, uh, well, you know, come out. And, and so I go out and my dad drives, making can't even drive yet. And we take all my equipment and I had the speaker box with, you know, Radio Shack 12 inches and like a receiver and like a little turntable. And we go and he helps me set everything up. And he's like, all right, I'll see you later. I'll come back and pick you up. And like we're drinking beer. It was in a fucking barn. Of course. Literally. Yeah. A fucking barn. And like somebody's uncle like kicked a hole in my speaker. And I think so. My first early gigs were 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 like house parties For in sure. high school. Because yeah. like that solidified me as like That's cool. Yo, he fucking killed it. And even though yeah. mostly I just like scratched records and like nobody was really I mean they How are you learning how you to know, scratch? The older is cats it by were ear? probably like the like the uncles into probably like the fuck what the fuck is this, is this right yeah scratching over shut the fuck yeah up, play man. some bobby pulido like you i don't know what I mean? <laughs> yeah and i was playing like back to the hotel you know, like in too deep and shit and like scratching yeah. over the shit they're like shut the fuck up yeah man. yeah yeah um how are you know. learning though like so there's no there's no videos you're listening. just listening Damn. well in like rap city and um and like the dmc videos right that was a little bit later because i i got i didn't even know those existed until i found um bill's records and tapes and spin masters um Mostly Spin Masters, which was, um, shout out to Who Man. It was a, a Dallas um, DJ store. I, I was one half uh, co-founder of Hip Hop Mecca. And, and I guess that's maybe for later. Um, it has to do with KBRX, how that started. But um, I kind of focused on being the house DJ. And, so, and, and booking the opening acts. Mm -hmm. And we did a show with Mixmaster Mike and M.O.P., and by the way, I went to go get a drop from MOP. That was like the scariest shit ever. I'm like, hey, can I get a drop from you guys? And I had my little mic for set recorder. Yo. Billy Dance is like, yo, who the fuck are you? Actually, this chick walks up like, I thought it was a dude. She's like, yo, who the fuck? That was who said that. Who the fuck are you? And I'm like, oh, man, I was, I'm like, I would like a shit. drop, please. I'm like, uh, I just want to get a drop I'm from my mixtape. And she's like, yo, fam, you want to give this fucking dude a drop or whatever? And he's like, so I have a drop from them. And it's actually dope. But it was terrifying man i was like yo these motherfuckers are nuts man that's fucking but it was mixmaster mike with info oh shit and mixmaster mike went on afterwards on my gear and then mop um played and the craziest shit so shout out to info who's honestly one of the dopest fucking turntablists ever so to good touch. sweet dude yeah yeah so like, I always love to see cats like Hubert and Mike when they first hear info. Mm -hmm. And so I and, and and so I'm cutting and I'm like, whatever. And and they're like, oh cool. And then they and they see info and they're like, the fuck is Holy this dude? Fuck. Dude, during the show, there's video of it. So my um Doug Mecca sent me the video of us and Mike, he shouts out um me, and when he's shouting me out, he's like, I'm standing next to info and he's while he's scratch he's doing that that um uh 
that famous um, uh, Natural Born Killers. Um, and he's like doing it and he's looking right at info. He's like, like, I was like, yo, I look at info. like, yo, he's like fucking with you, bro. Like, fuck, man. Like, it was, it was an honor. At Electric Lounge. Wow. Shout out. Yeah, shout out Mike Henry, man. And obviously, you've seen Scratch, one of the best documentaries. Still at whole, right? Two things from that actually is that one, you know, watching, like, it was like Grant, was it? Grand Wizard Theodore. Yeah. And he's like, they like almost every DJ in there says, I heard it. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I need yeah. to do that. And so it like drives certain people, right? Um, but the other, like, just a tidbit from that also is that I'm on the I'm on TikTok. And like, I was like, well, there's this woman who does like she tracks solar flares and she's like, oh, wow. We had a solar flare, so you're ascending to the next level, and your spirit may be feeling like it's healing and you might have a headache. And she goes through all this like stuff, but then she goes, I had a vision of like this octopus entity floating through space and I was like uh invisible scratch pickles called this in 1998 with yeah. twisters you know what I mean I was, all like, I was like that's weird that you like saw that because they also saw that as well it was a very heavy like alien entity type of like you know um, wow man like, shout out to Qbert that right right dude like honestly I don't even know where to begin with well, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you, no, tell me because that's where I mean, we're going. Like that's the influential part. I mean, when Invisible Scratch Pickles, like we're looking at DJ and right happening. I mean, from the inception of hip hop. Matter of fact, you like, know? while you're talking, I just, please continue. Like, yeah. This this record right here, which Qbert is on this record, so Doctor Octagon with Qbert oh, yes. on the cuts, man. Yep. Alien yes. Records, shout out to yep. that. Um, Alien Records, you've heard and about I, that. And I, you know, I I thought this 599 was five ninety nine. Also, wow, great. I price. thought this was what's his name? The what's his name? Puss or what? I forget what his name is that does like these kind of drawings, but it's not. It says. Uh, germ but incredible nice. art as well yeah. but yeah i mean bear witness dude the cuberg gets biz unbelievable yeah. i heard this on so kbrx wow this came wow. out in when is this 95 that's so that that aligns with my story yes. thank god yeah. my memory's not so 95 also bad memory i remember it. less playing that and i was like Next level. Totally. Hubert is literally an alien, to your point. <laughs> I, and I love that, too. Like, again, like, when I talk, I'm bringing up Scratch, and people probably know this, but, you know, Mixmaster Mike talks mm. about this, right? He's, like, he's doing um, the, uh, he's showing what he scratched. What is it? Robert Johnson. Mm. Um, the old school uh, Crossroads track, and he starts scratching it, and he goes into uh, Dead Presidents, Bigger Than Hip Hop. And, um, you know, now, like, just losing my mind once I understood where that sample comes from, but he was talking about in that documentary that, you know, again, talking about how Invisible Scratch Pickles believed they were communicating with aliens through scratching. And he says he was scratching one day and he saw lights come down and like landed in the football field across from his apartment. It's like, I've been communicating to aliens because, you know, you're doing this for hours, right? Like when you're in it, you're here just scratching and spinning for hours and hours and losing track of time. And he at that point was believing he's talking to aliens. Um, he was right before I moved here. And so 94. Anyways, I don't know how I ended up like in a car or like smoking weed or doing something. And I was talking to Mike and I'm just like, oh my fucking God. And yeah. he literally said that, what you just said, like before, this was way before Scratch. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, like, Scratch he came was out like, like in 99, 2000. I was talking to him and he's like, he's like, yeah, man, like I, um, I talked to aliens. And he was like dead fucking serious. Yeah, he's dead like, fucking serious about it. Yeah. You're DJ middle school, you're, you're learning how to scratch. What do you think was your moment where you're like, all right, I fucking got it. I'm doing this shit. Um, Sixteen or Love seventeen, it. maybe. So you got that, like you got that young fire. Like, yeah, you got... <laughs> yeah, but no, I wasn't. I was very like not sure of myself, and I got second place, and so I was like, "Holy shit!" And that made me. I wouldn't say cocky, but it like 
you you have an affirmation. You're yeah. like you're affirmed. On when like... I came to Austin though, when I was 18 and I came here, I was definitely cocky. Hell yeah. Because I was in my second one and I had got second place to that. And Casanova, shout out to Casanova, who's an, an old school Austin like institution DJ. Yeah. He did this mix of Run DMC. I never forget it with um, Sade, Smooth Operator. And it was like the like the drums of Run DMC. And, and I was just like, okay. Because I was just like scratching. And he did that. And the crowd was like, all right, Nick, you're fucking done. And I mean, I still remember that to this day. Like, shout out Cass, man. Like, he, um, he killed it. But uh, when I came to Austin, I, um, I had that kind of like, to your point, maybe affirmation, but yeah. also ego a little bit. Yeah. And you got to have it. You have to. I found the Ten Crack Commandments and did the whole radio thing, and then like, and then I remember watching. Um, uh, what the reason why is because I found out KBRX at the time was now they split frequency bet- with a co-op. So co-op mm-hmm, is ninety one point seven during the day. Right. KBRX is at like ten p.m. They switch over, or whatever seven p.m. I don't know what time it is, but um, it used to be. I don't even know if if co-op was even a thing, but they had KBRX had a cable. Yeah, fucking cable. Ninety. Were you there when Gibby Haynes was also DJing? Like Gibby Haynes from Butthole Surfers. Um, I think he was doing that like maybe like '98 or whatever. But you know, continue because he was fucking crazy, like on crack and on the radio for like five hours straight. I think it was KBRX. Yeah. I I remember going to the station. Like I said, I found those records and I was like, "Yo, how do I get on?" And they're like, "Well, first you got to pay your fucking dues and you got to do a bunch of volunteering and then you got to play at 5 a.m. on the cable station." I'm like, "Well, who hears that?" They're like, "It goes to pretty much only Jester." And I'm like, okay. It wasn't even, it was cable radio, dude. That's it wasn't like cable TV. It was like, right. you had to be, I mean, we literally had oh, no Oh, so you're listening. like playing, you don't get visuals, but you're hearing the audio through the cable radio? I don't even know how the fuck it works. Wow, you see, like, you're just it was, doing it, you're like, I don't know how you're receiving it. something yeah. on the cable dial. And, and it was at like 5 a.m. on a Sunday. Dope. And I had my boy. Um, People are listening to it. They're waking, they're, that's their I don't know, party dude. situation. That is definitely their. Uh, my thing is I was recording everything that I did. And nice. I was releasing mixtapes and doing that cool. kind of shit. Because I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just making a name. And yeah. then um, six months of that, they were like, okay, we're going to give you a shot. But it's 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 uh, the early, early slot. Sorry, I was doing like 4 p.m. with this dude. Um, damn, Wale, man. Like, whole, Was that his name? Fuck, I'm so bad with names. This MC that was dope as fuck from... It was him and I were doing a show on cable. And then I ended up doing a very, very... Um, Sunday morning on FM mm-hmm. at like 5 a.m. And yeah. me and my boy from Plano, Brock, he would drive me. He lived in Castilian, which is a dorm yeah. like off of. And um, Jay, shout out to Jason Dozier. Rest in peace, man. That's a whole nother thing. But he, I didn't even have my turntables with me. He let me borrow. He, he saw me um, scratch on the House of Fat Beats. They let me like do wow. something. And he was like, yo you can borrow my turntables to do your show. So me and Brock would go to his apartment, smoke one, grab his tables, and it was like 5 a.m. on Sunday. It was like after all the partying on Saturday, then we would go do the show. Mm -hmm. And no one listened, man. And then finally, the station was like, all right, we'll give you 10 p.m. on Saturday. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is amazing. So it like opened all these doors, man. Building relationships with like Domino at Hyro, like that was Mm -hmm. our first show. So I... Actually, me and Domino had the idea. I was like, yo, man, um, we got to bring Hyro out here, man, in 97. And he's like, dude, fucking hook it up. And I was like, man, I met this cat, um, Dave, David Crump, 
And I was like, yo, he, he used to throw shows in Boston. And he's like, man, well, first of all, shout out to Mad Gods, Chris Martin. Oh, my God, and, Mad um, Gods, for and sure. And Julian. Yeah. So, so, so Chris, first of all, Chris Martin. Love you, brother. Shout out to Chris Martin, Mad Gods. That was the sort of, um, I knew Chris from House of Fat Beats. Mm-hmm. And then Chris knew Julian. And, and David was Julian's camp counselor. It was like some weird thing like that. And then like we're all like hip-hop nerds. And Dave's like this East Coast dude that's like, yo, I know Guru, I knew, and I'm like, what the fuck? So uh, me and Dave became fast friends, right? Yeah. Needless to say, this is when I um, got the 3.5 GPA and lived over here, okay. right over here, right. and we were on the balcony smoking cigarettes and smoking weed and telling stories, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, Dave, man, you used to do shows. I was like talking to Domino from Hyro, man, like, he said we can get Hyro, man, and like all we need is like five Gs, bro, and he's like, bet. He's like, let's see if we can get, he's like, who do you know in Houston? I'm like, I know uh, DJ C and the Mathematic DJs Comp 1 and, and uh, Witness. And I was like, all right, let's, let's holler at them. So we formed this triumvirate of like Dallas, Austin, Houston. And then I reached out and we formed our thing and that became Hip Hop Mecca. It was me and Dave. The first show was Hyro at Electric Lounge. Yo, we made so much fucking money. Nice. Like I'm You're talking, like, we, paid Hiro, we paid Hyro. We paid Hyro probably like 10 to 15 grand. Holy Dave shit. Dave and I made, it was 20 bucks at the door. The fucking place was packed, man. Like, I have photos of me sitting on the balcony with Dave. We thought we were so cool, man. We had all of our money spread out of on this, course, like, plastic man. table. How old are you at that point? Like, fucking what, 18, man. I can barely, I Chain forgot to smoking breathe. cigarettes, Dude, like. sounds great. We did organized confusion before Fuck, they broke, yeah. before they broke up. And, um, and actually, the crazy story, so fucking Julian, man, and Chris. So after the show, they go, hey. Um, after party at Nick Knack's place. And so I'm like, I'm packing up my gear and I'm, I thought he was joking, dude. Like, you know, when the club and everyone's totally, like hanging out, totally. like I want to get an autograph. Totally. And I'm like, I'm packing shit right, up. right. And fucking Julian's packing up the merch and he's like, yo, party at Nick Knack's. And which is like right over here. And, and I'm like, did you just fucking say my address, bro? Oh no. I didn't think anyone heard it. Right. But no. like, dude, and I go over and there's like a fucking party in my house, in my apartment. And oh I'm like, God. yo. Yeah. And fucking Pharaoh Monch is in there on my bed, yo, like talking to this girl. He has like a 40. He spills a 40 on my bed. I'm like, and yeah, it was crazy, man. Um, That's but, fucking but crazy. I'm on the balcony. I'm like, yo, I got to go. People motherfuckers are smoking cigarettes, putting them out on my carpet. And I'm like, yo, this is my apartment, man. Come on. Someone's peeing in the corner. You know, it's like that. This is house shit. party, essentially. Yo, like, it's Kid and Play's house party, my essentially. My whole apartment was like this big. You know what I mean? With yeah, 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 here, yeah. You know I mean, it was tiny. And, um, and it had this balcony. And um, dude, it's right over here, Royal Crest, man. And so um, I'm out on the balcony smoking a joint and talking to Prince Poe from Organized Confusion. Okay. And me and X-Man, and, and he's like, I'm like, yo, uh, he's like, man, why don't y'all have a label? And I'm like, I look at Xavier and I'm like, why the fuck don't we have a fucking label, man? Like, I got crowd control records, but that's just like my shit. Like, yeah. So um, we formed Five Finger Records. Okay. And Bobby Dixon did the label, the artwork. Yeah. We pressed it in in Houston at this place. Shout out Bobby in, in, Dixon, uh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. We did t-shirts and everything. Yeah. Um, he did all the um, uh, 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 Asiatic, and he did a lot of printing for Chris and Mad Gods nice. as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? At, at, their, at their spot. So at any rate, we um, we got a record, dude. I did a record with Prince Poe. That's insane. I got it in here somewhere. But from that night. 
from that fucking night, dude. It's it was like, let's crazy. just do a record. He came down, and yo, I flew, so he, we flew him down. <laughs> this shit's hilarious. Him and this dude named Buku One, I don't know, it's like his hype man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we go to Casanova. Yeah. DJ Casanova. I moved to a house up north, and I, of course, right. moved to where Casanova, because I was like, this dude's the OG, I gotta move near him. So I lived like a like breaker metric area mm-hmm. and um, behind the kind of the post office where office space was kind of filmed over there. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, was creepy because I lived that life. Space. I was doing a job similar to that when totally, that movie yeah. came out. I was like, what the? F-? So we were over there and Buku won. I never forget this shit, man. X-Man was with me. We go on Runberg Lane. There's a fucking Whataburger over there. And we go the wrong. I had my mom's Volvo at the time. I didn't even have it. So I was driving that thing and I go. And, and Prince is like, man, I want to, you know, it's like late night. He's like, I want a fucking cheeseburger. And I'm like, so we go the wrong fucking, I'm oh, like, I got no. this, bro. But we got to go the wrong way on the access road. Of, oh, my God. And to get to this, because I didn't want to drive all the way to 183. Nick. So I'm driving these dudes. I'm like, man, this Volvo. And we go the wrong way. Shout out, Xavier. He remembers this story. And we go through the drive through And... uh So you made it. Thank God. No, we made it. We made it. <laughs> and we go through the drive through and and fucking... um. The Whataburger was on is on Breaker and and um, yeah. it's on Breaker and thirty five because I I frequented that place man. Um, Texas. So we go through there and dude Buku One is in the back and he goes, man let me get that chicken um that honey uh, biscuit chicken mm-hmm. and he's like and he goes and he goes what is that um he goes what is that soup on there and the guy goes mm. soup and he goes nah that's gravy man he goes gravy like he's from new york he's never even and he's like you get a thing of gravy and i'm like yeah man let's get some, <laughs> yeah we do a lot of gravy, things with, yeah yeah you yeah <laughs> and we're driving in the hood i mean not really the hood but like over the in that area like the runberg kind of mm-hmm. and he's like yo these houses are fucking mansions and i'm like like this is like <laughs> okay man so you know like in hip-hop mecca was the other thing right like hip-hop hump day yeah yeah babu, you know? man, babu yeah. such a show actually you know what my first experience with babu was there was this club called catfish station on um on sixth street and it was a fucking shithole but we went in there because yo i mean alcoholics was like one of my favorite yeah groups. for sure absolutely. and so this is when their first album came out yeah and i saw the flyer and um by the way cbs Crew. Oh my stopped. god! Shout yeah. out, fucking yeah, Blitz, yeah. And, Dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, there was a couple of spots, Alien Records and um, Blondies, where you'd go and you'd see flyers for like hip hop mm-hmm. shows and. And dude, these flyers were fucking epic. They were like Xerox, but the the artwork was yeah. like. Incredible. That's what it was. I got I saved right. all of them. I have every fucking single one. Fuck, I have a yeah. box. Same with from yeah. back in the day. Anyways, so like I think me and my homeboy Brock. Who mm-hmm. I mentioned um, did the radio show earlier. We rolled up there, and I'm sitting there. And Tash, they, the alcoholics perform, and Tash is like, says some shit like, "Hey, does anybody? I don't know what he was like, what the deal was, but he said something like, like, "Yo, does anybody want to fucking battle me?" Or he got some kind of cocky, and Babu got on the mic, and fucking murdered him. I had to meet this guy. I went up yeah. and I was like, "Yo, man, um, you're incredible. Let's let's do some work." How did you meet Mel? I think I met Mel actually. Um, to be honest, I don't I don't know where we first met, but he was uh, my my memory of him was a DJ in the scene, but also he worked at Waterloo Records. He was the hip hop yeah. buyer for Waterloo. Cool. And um, he has really good handwriting. I mean, like graffiti style. I just yeah. remember because he would buy and he would write these recommendations. When I came here in 95, like he was definitely, there wasn't that many DJs. Let me say it like that. 
there was a handful of DJs. So Casanova was was definitely one mm -hmm. of the top. Uh, the foundation DJs, so Snoopy, Snotty, X-Man, um, and Mel was also one. And, that, and, I, and I might be leaving out somebody, but those were kind of the key ones that stand out in my mind right now. And, uh, and man, I mean, the dude like pretty much owned the, the back, like right when you walk in, which now I guess 24 Diner is on the other side, mm -hmm. but like that wall that they share, yeah, he would like own that whole wall, which was probably like this wall, like maybe... 10 to 15 feet and he would just place records and every single day he would like change stuff out and he would hand write like you know latirics this is latif and lyrics born and you got to really check out um you know this is uh you know dj shadow-esque and blah 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 and it would just be like this deep biography and i'm like who the f is writing this and has such good handwriting and i ended up meeting him and he is like flawless on the mix. And the thing I really didn't know until a little bit later is that he was prevalent in the house scene, right? Mm -hmm. 626 Soul and, and a lot of stuff oh, he did. Oh, shit. I didn't, realize, I didn't know that either. You know, the thing is about Mel is that like a lot of DJs, I mean, we become DJs because we're music nerds. Like, yeah. And so like you with the grassroots and, you know, we nerded out. And I mean, like, yeah. so I mean, that's totally. what it is. And so like Mel... Um, is huge into um, new wave and like yeah. I mean his knowledge is is just it's vast. I yeah. mean I, honestly I can't even like it's funny because I always typecast him uh, because I self projected I think onto him because mm -hmm. I was very one track minded on hip hop and mm -hmm. I, I remember even being like we we're talking about the battles and stuff like that when I came to Austin I remember being like. You know, house DJs like oons, oons, and right. like, making yeah, fun yeah. of that, and like they don't have skills, and that's easy to mix. And man, I, w I was I was so wrong. You know, there's um, there's so much skill that goes into um, music selection. Yeah, yeah. That Mel is to me like that is like his probably number one gift, and then like equally up there is his ability technically. And and don't like he's an amazing scratcher too. Yeah. And B juggler like he's he's a DJ's DJ. Yeah. I could listen to him. He used to play at Plush on Fridays. So I had Baby G. I think had Thursdays. He had Fridays, and I had Saturdays. Um, Info and I used to go. Just Info and I, two DJ turntablist nerds. We'd be scratching and then drive to Plush and listen. Just listen and just be like. He I, he was the first DJ to play low profile on vinyl. Yeah, and, and it yeah. like blew my mind. I was like, yeah. oh my god! And That's I told him that moment. the other day. I was oh like, my god, Yo. really? Go oh, wow! It would be like if I was like just play gra the grassroots. You know? I would lose my mind. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So like the grassroots is you know this like specific underground um, uh, hip hop group, and I I love the song Precious Metals that they do, and uh, I looked for the album to buy. It's now at mint condition, like, you know, very good on Discogs, $300. I think the lowest price for, like, not such a great quality, like, quality of six. It's out of print. Um, so I came here. I mean, the, obviously, look at the vinyl collection. I, I have to talk about this in a moment. But I was like, I could feel 
I was like, yo, you got the grassroots? And he was like, I actually do. And we went through looking for it. He finally found it. And it was just, we played it. And I was like, I've never heard it played on vinyl. And to that, just like another quick story, right? The couple things you had said. Uh, I saw House Shoes a couple of years ago and he played yeah. uh, Kev Brown uh, oh, Always, yeah. Yeah. which I've never heard anybody play out. And yeah, I lost. Yeah. And again, there's like seven people in the club, all just hip hop nerds, right? See, this is why. So, like, the vibe that you're. Sorry to interrupt you. No, but, no, please. Um, this, what you're talking about is what I want to do. And I'm not trying to selfishly promote my shit, but no. like, playing with Chorizo on, at Dante's, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Like, it's funny because I've heard people say, oh, I'm a member of Soho and I'm going to go. And I'm like, right. yeah, yeah, well, like, whatever. Right. I'm going to play that set. Yeah. I'm going to play the shit that you can't find on Spotify or whatever. Right. And the shit that, like, people know me for. I had a radio show on KBRX called, the radio show was called The B-Side. I always played The B-Side, the shit that you didn't know necessarily. Yeah, but yeah. The, And it would be, that's why I have all of these I records. And that. I know I whenever that. you mentioned the grassroots, I'm like, oh yeah, Conception Records. Yeah. Supreme, shout out Supreme, Jake One, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, but that, I'm a massive nerd of the stuff that I feel like people should know that's really good that they don't yes. know. And, and so and I that's, think that's what we have in, definitely in common. Absolutely. Right? I was with Lorenzo Benzo the other day yeah. and you know, like, and obviously he's a great teacher, right? He was running Dub Academy yeah. for a minute. And even like when we were like in party mode or whatever, and I was like, I played him this techno mix that I made and I was like, this is what, like, I was like, I want to do, like, I can't wait till I can finally play out because I want to, like, my experience is like, you know, going to, you know, like raves and hearing DJs with their selection, but also the way they're able to tweak the EQ. Yeah. And at times they would like run the bass and like turn everything else down and it would hit, like the bass was hit so hard it would like, yeah. right? But I was like, you know, I want to play these tracks that are like cerebral. And he's like, why do you want to do it? And I was like, I want to do it because I want to share this with somebody. I want yeah. to give them that experience where they're yeah. out and they like lose their minds over like the track, whether they know it or they don't. They're like, what is that? And like, that's like the whole thing, you know, like I, I talked about this with some other DJ. We were like, we we're discussing like the difference between, and I, Anna Morgan and I talked about this too, is like the difference between being masturbatory and being like, this is me, this is what I like. Yeah. I'm doing, but also being, A lot of people think that's what scratching is and that's why you do when you're in front of an audience have to kind of like watch the audience and right, see if they're right 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 responding it's kind of like jazz too if you like if you're doing mm -hmm. like a jazz solo and like a dance party it isn't yeah. going to work right right, but, right. Sorry, I didn't mean no you're doing this is like, what watch here the for. audience you know I like, I mean? well you know your audience yeah, yeah and like know what they're what they're getting into and know how to rock them we've got party rockers where it's like you know you want to share and when we're thinking about like how Hip hop changed from the early 2000s to the snap rap era through like the SoundCloud trap era and where it's at right now, where it's like we, you know, you have the studio rappers, but then you also have like this punk SoundCloud rappers. You know, we've we've lost, and I'm not complaining. You know, it's it's just how evolution of anything goes. People who were coming up past us, they didn't really understand what that is. And I've talked to like younger people and they're like, well, I don't really get it. And I was like, it's the talent that you're looking at and you have to appreciate what it takes to get there. When people say that a DJ is like, oh, well, I just push play. It's not that. Yeah. You gotta know your track selection. You have to know your track inside and out. You have to know like how to mix it. You have to know like how to also play that volume. Not everything's mixed the same. Yeah. I can't run everything at 12 o'clock. <laughs> You know, like right. I have to make sure like that I'm understanding like when this track's gonna come in louder than the other one that I'm bringing in. But see, I think that what's interesting about your saying, so yes. first of all, first of all, I'm done. Plus, continue going no, no, in there. No, plus, yeah. First of all, plus 1,000. I mean, to me, but I think what starts that 
acknowledgement or mm -hmm. that interest in that is the love of music. 100%. And I think, and it's always been there, people that are into music for not the love of music, but for the money or for mm -hmm. some other thing, fame, mm -hmm. whatever. And, and those people are fleeting. They're gone. Right. right? But, and, and this is what I realized much later in my life is that, you know, for house music, it's the same. For drum and bass, jungle, mm -hmm. techno, whatever, it, it, it's, there is a passion for music and, and it touches us all. And, and when that happens, there's a certain point when you become somewhat obsessed and like, well, it matters how you mix. It matters it how does. long you mix. It matters. Can you be technical? And it's not only like scratching and stuff, but how do you, you know, drop the bass or do like, you know, little things. Yeah. It, it also matters like what songs you play next to each other. Do mm -hmm. you do like, um, are you playing like two J Dilla beats? Are you playing like wordplay off of like this I into that? Wordplay. You know, and so it, yeah. like it's stuff like that that um, <clears throat> the 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 more um, you get into this rabbit hole, so yeah. to speak, yeah, you um, like we were talking about Alice in Wonderland, right? Mm -hmm. The more you go into the tree and start chasing the rabbit, the more you're like, there's an entire world here, right? And and those are the people that I I want to communicate with because mm -hmm. like it I is a language. That's it, and so like you know I I feel like I can appreciate that. Now, no matter what the genre is, no matter what, even if it's not even DJing, if it's just like, I'm going to check out, um, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, Bobby playing drums and, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, and, and like if someone's into that and that communication between the yeah. band members yeah. is a whole other, because I was in a jazz band on that note. Oh, and shit. So, you know, that's a whole other evolution of my, <laughs> as a DJ, as a turntablist, yeah, yeah, as a yeah. percussive instrument. And so like, you know, um, to me, it's, it's, uh, sorry, I'm being very long winded, but no, the, 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 the expression yep. of the music, I think you get kind of to a certain point and you're like, I want to communicate on a deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. And then you use those modes of communication of right. like tweaking the EQ yeah. or like the drummer, you know what I mean? Doing like ghost notes with yeah. for the bass player and the bass player yeah. being like, oh shit, man. I think it like, involves the, the brain. You know, what I mean? you know, like if in, like even if you're somebody who's not into it, like, you know, I've watched people come in and like hear a track that they're familiar with maybe, but it's a pop remix or a pop right. edit. Right. And then they're like, I, I watched them to be like, I've never heard it like this. I didn't know it could be this. Right. And, you know, Chodiso and I talked about this, you know, last week is like when I was watching him at Coconut Club, and I'll see people come in who aren't within the music culture. They just want to go and party. Right. And I'll watch them come in and shift because they come in all like big nuts. And they're like, oh, I make lots of money. Like, I'm just here. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then they look and they realize the crowd doesn't give a fuck about like their status. Right. They're here to get down, communicate. And it's, it is a tribal community situation. And then they're like, fuck, I'm not in that. And then I watch them understand what a subculture is, yep. you know? And then like, I've seen some people be scared of that. Like just people I've known personally, not really understanding why it's important. I've watched people challenge me to think that I was doing it only to be cool. And then breaking down mm. like what it means to have this culture. Because even so, like I was at a tunnel party that, um, that uh, Growth and Decay did. Oh. Like in 2018. Yo, I got one of his uh, hoodies, man. Sober, so cool. sober. I, I oh mean, shit, yeah. Did you sober? Yeah, sober yeah. Sober gave. He's like, yo. He DJed at um, Lolo Wine cool, and with yeah. that cat, and was yeah. like, yo, you, this cat's dope. He's so cool. And we went James. with with yeah. Esme. Yeah. Vanya, oh. Vanya, we sat there. Lolo. 
drinking wine, listening. We're like, damn, this cat, I got this, I should have worn the sweatshirt. Man. Oh, I got man. The, I got the hoodie with the with the bricks and the growth. Dude, shout out James Harco. You yeah, know, like, man. He, he really was part of bringing this back in. I think Virgil, what was the, the dude that off, he did Off-White, what's his last name? Um, he passed away recently. He was at that tunnel party, and okay. he did an entire radio set honoring... Wow. Texas music wow. because he was blown away by this party wow. and it was like you know I tried to bring this one guy in here who was like a sales rep at a tech thing and I was like I need you to see what this is right you've right. never seen it you're not ever gonna see that because right. that's not where you flow but you need to understand what it means to people to like Belong. have that and there and I was yeah. there I was like you know like in my like 38 at the time and um there was these young cats from Fort Worth wow. a car crew Wow. skateboarders that came down wow. and they were house dancing. I was the only house dancer there until wow. I saw them and they were like 17, 18 and I was house dancing in a cypher with them and I was like, yo, first of all, how old are you? They're like 17, 18. I was like, okay, how do you know about house music? And they're like, well, we were watching skate videos and they were, you know, when we were watching skate videos yeah. back in the day, it was like other music and now there's like skate videos where they have deep house, ghetto house like behind it and they were That's like, well, dope. we want to know this. They heard about the party. They came down from Dallas to come to the party wow. and see it. And like, this is what spurns off the ideas. This is what 100%. spurns off culture. 100%. This is what spurns off like the. We need that subculture. When I'm at, a, you know, I don't want to talk about a Bernie, a Bernie man asshole, but you know, I've been to the big no, one. No, it's the same thing. But all it is, you know, like thing. when I when I step into these no things, judgment, man. and mean, I'm seeing like, you know, I remember being like on two hits of acid at like a flip side and like walking around and like seeing these geniuses who build these amazing yeah. art projects. I watched the, I love art cars. There was a guy in a UFO art car. So it's like a golf cart. He cuts off the top. He puts a silver UFO around it with like pink lights and he's driving the art car around and we're fucked up. But the whole thing is you have to take care of yourself. You have to know your shit to be yeah, there. Yeah. But I'm like, Oh, there's some people that are so intelligent in a specific way that it can't yeah. be honored in mainstream anything. 100%. And while we're doing that, I think that there was like, you know, it was between the, um, it was, we're going into election season before like either right after Trump won or whatever. And there's so much happening. And I like, I was like, oh, y'all are playing your game out there. We're playing our game here, holding yeah. it close to home and like taking care of the corner of your world. Like that truly yep. is where you build up that strength and community and build that thought. Yeah. And so, you know, like going into just thinking about how we continue to cultivate through over, throughout these years, you know, like what we can do to make sure that it's not lost. It's the communication, Man, that's, right? That's, Dead Sea Scrolls in dude, a way. You, you are, wow, that's like, <laughs> that's such a deep series of thoughts right there. And it kind of goes to what we were talking about outside. Um, <clears throat> you know, KVRX for me was that early on. Um, exploded drawing, the beat scene. Totally. Was that for me? And and you know you know Burning Man is that for a lot of people? I, yeah. I it is for me. I've never been, but like right. I, I mean I can totally appreciate that. You know what I yeah. mean? And and um, there was a series of house parties when I was in high school with the same people. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was that. And and it's 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 basically that local community where you have that shared mindset yes. and appreciation, and you speak a language. To mm -hmm. your point, where there's just this like innate understanding and not a lot of words are spoken yeah there's just like this vibe of like yeah i know you yeah your family it's a familiar it's a familial vibe of yes like, you're my sister yeah you're my brother and like i we understand and i can be safe it's a safe here's the thing it's a safe space and it's and that's what creativity and i well creativity needs that to flourish but i also think like 
being healthy and just being a human, you need that safe space. Um, it's the human condition, right? Like, yeah. we, like I believe that dance and music came before language. I don't know. I wasn't there. Maybe I was. Um, I don't know. I'm sure you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, you know, like that's like, you know, even when we look at children, they're not, they learn to dance before they can learn to speak. You know what's funny is, is, is my daughter, um, like I don't know how to dance really, but I, I'm so goofy with her and I just, I'm just very open. Yeah. And we play records and dance here and like, I mean, I'll do like kid and play moves and like the, Cute. you know, the jump over the thing. And, <laughs> All the goofy, all like the goofy stuff, and, <laughs> and we'll, and, but the thing is, is that I, I, you know, I'm just having fun. Totally. But I watch her, and I see, like, what it does to her. Mm -hmm. she, it makes her come outside when we're hanging outside. Yeah. She's like, hey, what are y'all doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it's like, it's like this, um, it's that familial thing. Yeah. It's like, she's like, I want, um, I feel safe. I can be this It's the here. safe thing. I'm yeah, not yeah. closed off. I'm not There's farted. no judgment. You right. can be goofy. Ah, yeah, that yeah, is goofy. Yeah. He farted. He fell on the ground. He <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. And like, it's fun. You know, it's like yeah. with anything technical is like, you have to, you have to just let go. Yeah. You're never like, especially in like a DJ battle or in a scenario with a lot of people, you have to, um, like the concept that you're kind of pointing out that these, societal constructed like you got to look like this it's like it's all bullshit man. Right, like right it's all in um really your values and what you what you hold to be true and preserving that and holding it sacred and um going with it no matter what yeah, people yeah. are saying and, like, and it's like all yeah. the things we're talking about right. are the things that really matter in life it doesn't fucking matter how you look right or how much money you make exactly. or any of that bullshit yeah 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 what matters is like all of the stuff that we're talking about, community, right. family, love for music, love for expression. Being strong creativity. to be independent and like Absolutely. and you're and you're you're creating by doing that and by doing yourself and being the who you are to the fullest inspires somebody else to do the same. One hundred percent. And who yeah. knows what we're gonna get from that person. You know, just like we were talking about earlier, like I saw this cat, I saw this person. There's uh, the Freshest Kids, which is a really great documentary about B-Boys. And I remember like some of like the Rocksteady crew, like a, like one member from there, he was like, if you see me to this day and I wear my hat a specific way, it's because I'm honoring B-Boy Spy, who I saw when I was growing up, who he wow. saw when he was growing up, and he would wear his hat a certain way. And you're like, I, like I still carry that in certain things I do. I'm like, well, I saw this thing that I like someone do, and I'm going to put my own flavor on it. Yeah. But I'm honoring that. I've been thinking about Dela, who I left the record out somewhere mm. around here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, rest in peace, Dave, yeah. man. Like, and he always used to rock his hat to the side, man. And that, to me, is. And speaking, like, I got to talk for a second about Dela, man, because, to me, I was talking to Russell from Chaotix, who's a legendary producer, Austin, I mean, Austin, Houston, Texas, um, Chaotix is incredible, incredible hip hop group. One of my best friends, we were talking about, about Dave and his impact. And the interesting thing about De La, it's mm -hmm. like all it was was pure, unadulterated, fucking creative. And just going to vinyl, because we're almost out of time. The, when I first saw your vinyl collection, it was on the internet. I think it was maybe Instagram stories. Okay. You were moving from one house to another. And my thing was, like, I just bought a house, and I, I only had, like, a selection of vinyl this way, because I was like, I saw you, hus like, hauling all of your vinyl. And I was like, yo, to, like, have to carry this vinyl. So I was I like, pay, I paid there's someone. no way. This is actually a cool story. I paid someone. Yeah. 
and I moved, we moved most of the stuff on our own except for this because of that. It's so heavy. And I got about 10,000 records and actually I have about another thousand under the stairs and up in my studio that I still don't have up here. Um, and all of these are pulled out because I'm doing that gig. But yeah. But Thurman um, was the only cat that I would trust and he did an impeccable job. He moved them all. It's Mel is funny because I talk to Mel often and we were talking about this outside. So he's been trying to sell me I'm not really some, it's not the right word, but yeah. he's deep into like keeping records clean. And I'm like, what do you got, man? And he's like, I got this degritter. It's called the degritter. And it's got this ultrasonic cleaning and it's expensive Holy as shit. shit. But he's like, he swears by it. So I'm like, man, I might need to do it. Cause I got, I'm looking at my records and I got like, I'm licking them and scratching yeah, them. There's yeah, always yeah, fingerprints yeah. and I played and there's like this yellow dust. I'm like, what the totally. fuck is this? Yeah. Is this like weed smoke I from back in the day or what is like this? I don't collector you know? and like Bobby has when we were playing Bobby's records last weekend and like I Oh, the little, the felt thing? Yeah, yeah, you, and I was like, I, I mean, I got that with the spray, but. I had not used it before and I was just even like, am I doing this right? Like holding no, it down between the records? No, that's like the basics. Mel yeah. is in like, you know, we were talking about. Ultrasonic fucking. Yo, that's like the water. You got to have, you got to have like, like, like. Shit, I can't even think of the word, man. But um, the water that's uh, some sort of solution, like a saline solution the, or the, something. The, anyways. Uh, oh, like alkalized, al alkaline water or something. Not shit. that, but just like whatever. Yes, or something like I don't. know. Anyways, you gotta yeah. have some special. You can't just go get some water. You gotta have the special water. Right. Especially not Texas water. That shit. <laughs> you can't use Texas water, dude. Yeah. Nah, that shit's hard water. That's right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I don't know. It's like a whole thing, but uh, that's what I asked him. This is what I asked Mel. I said, Hey, man. So, you know, I'm obviously a DJ, so all my records have stickers marked for beat juggling. Yeah. So if I put that thing in there, is it going to, like, wash the sticker off? Yeah. Because I don't want it to. And he's right. like, it's going to get a little wet. And I'm like, God Fuck, damn it, Fuck, yeah. So it's, I guess it's optimal, because I was asking him if you could, like, shrink mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, right, like, the, the grooves. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that it washes, because, right. like, maybe a label is bigger or something. And he's like, nah. <laughs> just does like that much. Yeah. You know Can't what I mean? It has a it. bath of water like that deep Shit. and it just fucking spins it in that water. And I'm like, earlier I ordered um, Group Home Superstar doubles off of album. Discogs. Love Group Home. By the way, I mean, literally this mm -hmm. week or mm -hmm. last week and, and I've successfully avoided it. It's a lot. For obvious reasons until just now. And now I've bought, I've already spent more money than I'm going to make at the gig in fucking one and a half uh, weeks. Right. And, uh, you know, got this scratched record. But the interesting thing is the dude that I'm buying it from, he goes, he goes, I got doubles if you need them. And I'm thinking, and I look at his name and it's like DJ. And I'm like, of course you got fucking doubles. Yeah. So I get the record and it has his markings. Oh, I and so I that. get to see how another DJ, and of course I got, yo, I got a crazy story. Yes. Well, let me finish this one. Okay. So I see how another DJ marks the records. And so that was interesting. I'll get to that in a second. But DJ DMD. Mm-hmm. Southern legend, 25 lighters on my dresser, yes sir. Oh, that, okay. Wow, I didn't realize, okay. I got his, I got like a bunch of records from him, man, at the last record convention. I was digging and I come across this Houston dealer. Fuck. And, um. I'm gonna cry. Yo, I see this stamp that says DMD and I'm like. Stop. What? And, uh, matter of fact, hold on, let me see if I can find one here. There's, I think they're sitting like right here, a, a few of them. A few of them, and so, um, like, there's these, there's this, there's this classic song called. Uh, hold on, let me just grab these because I think this might be. <laughs> it, it, um, there's this classic song. 
Puerto Rico. Yeah. Oh, oh Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And, um, oh shit, here's Seven Minutes of Funk. Um, Terminator X. I think this is, these are all his, but oh shit, right here we go, right here. DJ DMD. Here's um, King Just. Shit. DJ DMD. Look at that. And I I'm going to touch it. Can I touch it really yeah, quick? Yeah, man. Fuck, dude. Yo, what? I got a Wu-Tang joint from him. Oh shit, here's Alcoholics Make Room. DJ DMD. <laughs> This is bananas. Look at these. All this is DMD right this here, This is like man. straight up history. Like fucking Let me find that DJ Puerto Screws Rico joint, man. Smoke is on these. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, man. That's fucking This is crazy. his right here. That's his handwriting. Fucking. Tim Dog, fuck Compton. This is I'm like a New York fucking. I'm going to take some photo. We need to take some video. That AMG, Jiggable Pie. fucking crazy. Check this. Oh, this is. Is this the Puerto Rico joint? Um, and this is Mega Bontan. Um, hold on. Where is this? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. This is it. Yeah, this is it. This is the Puerto Rico. Yeah. Oh, Hoodie oh. Records. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Okay. I, this That's is, it. This is what it is, right? Like, it was like, we're, you know, like, we're, we're, this is what it is to be a fucking nerd. <laughs> like, you know, like I, No, when I found out this it. was his collection, I was like, um, I'm just going to buy fucking all Absolutely. of these records. And this is only a small amount. I literally bought, like. How did you haul that out? I, I, Shit, man. I just want to go to the That's not thing. a problem. I don't yeah, give a shit, yeah, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, you know what's funny is, do you know Sid Corrupt? DJ Corrupt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a funny story. So he DJs at um, Soho House. Okay, yeah, okay. And so he, I guess his mom threw away his records or some shit, which is like a crazy story. He calls me up and he's like, hey, man, fuck. And I said, yo, I'm at the convention, and my man, he fucking bought DMD's collection. I just bought, like, most of it, but I'll tell him to hold some shit. And, like, I passed the info, and, like, he was buying a bunch of shit, too, man. That's like, so sweet. It's like, yo. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of my collection is, um, <sighs> shout out to Carlos Garza, who, by the way, um, introduced DJ Premier to Guru and made Gangstar from Houston. Shout out to him. A lot of my collection down here is from Carlos Garza. Jesus DJ Styles, Christ. man. If you listen yeah. if you listen to the Odd Squad, um, there's Devin is he on a lot of takes, he'll be yeah, like, of course. Yo, Carlos, quit sucking my dick. Yeah, know, yeah. Stuff like that. Like that dude is a monster on the records, man. So we, the awesome record convention, yeah. we go there. And, 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 like, if you got to the Austin Record Convention on a Saturday, mm-hmm. nah, man, you're not getting shit. You're not getting shit. You got to go to Carlos would be like, yo, I'm on Thursday. I'm up here on 290 with the blah, blah, blah. Right. And the Japanese are already here. And I'm like, what? Ch- Fuck, man. I'd <laughs> yeah, show up with the fucking sure. Yukon. The Japanese no! are there. Like, you're like the, the, the fucking, fucking hell, man. I'd be hitting yeah. the ATM like, yo, how yeah. much money do I need, man? Right. They're in it. I spent so much money on What was the records, story you were going to tell me? Like, where you were like, hey, the, the record, and we're like, you were like, hold on, there's another story about that. It was like buying the records, getting the albums, and you were oh, fuck, I forgot. I don't where know. Where we're I at. I... But, you know, fuck. We're, we're running out of time. Is there anything <laughs> you want? I know, no, I can These do people, this. For, they're like, yo, let's, I can let's do this for another three hours. Like, this is, I can do it for another three hours. This is phenomenal. And, like, you know, just like, again, 20 years in the making of me finally, like, knowing you and now sitting here with you is, is phenomenal. And, you know, when we're thinking about Austin and where we've come from, we're, we're talking about the history. Is there, what are your hopes for Austin in the future? It, the thing that I hope for Austin or any other city is that there are those things that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. like the exploded drawings, the KVRXs, the house parties, the, the places where you, because look, in this remote first post-COVID world where 
you're working from home. Like, yeah. I mean, I work from home. It's, it's great. You know what I right. mean? It's efficient. It's like fucking cool. I can hop on Zoom or whatever. But what you miss is this. You miss this human connection. Right. And that's what the fuck really got us into this shit. Exactly. So I hope and wish for that in Austin and mm-hmm. any other city, right? Like, I don't right, give a fuck right. where it is, but is I, I want that to be, because to me, that's that's where the meaningful connection is. It's you seeing the dudes from Fort Worth and going, hey man, yeah. what's that? And yeah. then going, I drove four hours to do this house yes. dancing. And it's like me going to Exploded Drawing and seeing Boom Baptist and going, who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? And, and us nerding out. And yeah. that is ultimate community Super. is what I hope, you know? Yeah. That and I'm gonna cry. Like okay, like I just fucking this <laughs> is phenomenal, dude. Yeah. I love y'all. Thank man. you so much. I love you. Yes, I love you so much. So thank you for doing this with thank us. Thank you. See you later, Peace. later. Bye. <laughs>